This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. number seven there. Yeah, you're still keeping track? I am. Q7? And everyone out there should be keeping track. All right, so uh, hockey's back, baby. The the playoffs are underway. Four and a half months, John. A long time, man. It's it's a blessing. You know, look, we can celebrate in these bad times certain things, and we should certainly celebrate uh, the game coming back to us. So it's going to be, I think, an incredible uh, postseason here and uh, can't wait for it uh, to get rolling. All right, so a couple games uh, here are already, or a couple of the series are already underway as yeah. people are listening to this. Our picks are out there. We've talked about it on the radio. It was up on the fourthperiod.com. For anybody out there that for some reason doesn't have our picks, let's just rattle them off real quick, DB, so we can check it off the list sure. and we can move on. We'll start in the Eastern Conference, Pittsburgh, Montreal. I had Pittsburgh, and I think you had the Penguins in, was it two or three games? One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. so we're good there. Uh, Islanders, Florida. I had the Islanders in this series. Who did you go with? Oh, so did I. I had the Islanders. This yeah. is boring, DB. We all have a a lot of the same picks here. Uh, Rangers, Carolina. I went with the Rangers. As did I. Okay. <laughs> and I think we differ on this one because you had the Maple Leafs against yeah. the Blue Jackets, and I'm all in on the Leafs in this series. But you think it's a five-game series? I right? do think it's a five-game yeah, series. I think it's a close series, but I do think Toronto wins. And I think it's Columbus in five. Okay, so you're wrong there. All right, moving on then. So we have we have Winnipeg and Calgary out in the Western Conference. I just have no faith in Calgary, so I like Winnipeg. And certainly Connor Hallibuck is the Vesna this year. Uh, I just like them. I just like the way they're playing right now. I agree with with you there and uh, Chicago Edmonton I had Chicago as an, in an upset I guess people are saying in this series I'm on the train with you John I okay. just look when I watched that preseason that exhibition game in Chicago they wanted to play mm-hmm. St. Louis didn't care but they wanted to play and I just like Corey Crawford's back Calvin DeHaan's back I just think all the pressure's on Edmonton right now so I do like Chicago because they have veterans that won before yeah I'm sorry so Tip isn't going to come on our show anytime soon but I, I we're, go, we're, go, we're both going with Blackhawks uh, Minnesota versus Vancouver uh, I have the wild in this series see I love Vancouver okay I just, I, well Minnesota, you should move there 
Minnesota's just like, nobody ever avoids Minnesota, John. Nobody ever doesn't want to play Minnesota. Fine. And I understand their style, but I just like Vancouver. And I think Tyler Toffoli is going to be huge in the series, John. Okay. What are you, pandering to the fans? What are you doing? <laughs> you Which fans? You couldn't Vancouver. even say it with a straight face. Vancouver. I wish I had a picture of your face when you said that. Arizona versus Nashville. I like the Coyotes in this series. I don't care. No, uh, <laughs> Nashville in five. I really don't care. It's the least entertaining series for me. And you want to know what's funny? It right. is the it is one of the two series that I am paying the closest attention really? to. Really? Why? I, I just, I'm fascinated by the Winnipeg-Calgary series. I love that series. Sure. And I'm the really Indian interested series. in the Arizona-Nashville series. I guess for no other reason than the fact that I've liked the Coyotes all year long. I've talked about the fact that they play different styles. Yeah. Players that I've spoken with were very impressed throughout the season playing against them. I love the job that Tockett's doing. Yeah. I think there's some interesting sub-stories there with Taylor Hall and Phil the Thrill and what's going on there. The goalies and the health of the goalies i just i think it's an interesting series and i don't know there's just something always fun about nashville and i think arizona's gonna be extra motivated because of john chica okay here we go really playing a series for john chica you are on fire today uh look coming up today we have a very special guest in the second period the la king's number one prospect the guy that everybody was waiting waiting around for the guy that everybody had an opinion about uh and and i don't want to say i told you so but i'm gonna say i told you so db in the prospect rankings when everybody wanted to pontificate about the future of gabe velarde two years ago there was i think one line in there that said to everybody just chill. Just relax. Stop giving your opinions about what's going to happen with Gabe Velarde. Let the situation right. play itself out. It played itself out, I think, damn near perfect. Jared Stoll, Craig Johnson, the entire development staff did a great job getting Gabe ready, in addition to his trainers back home in Canada and the people he was working with. And Gabe came in like a, a house of cards on fire, yeah. uh, right? He, you know, first shift, first goal, really uh, uh, bonded with the LA Kings fans in that in that end of the season, uh, you know, sort of run that and he, he had produced, there in LA. John, he put up numbers. He put up, what, seven points in 10 games? That's what you want? For for this team, they definitely need that. And right now, he's the number two center. He is the number two center. Lined up there with Martin Furk. will be on his wing. We'll talk with Gabe about Martin Furk, too, I'm sure. But uh, let's just do a quick numerology, as we like sure. to do on the show here. Gabe's sort of stuck right now. Uh, 13 has been his kind of historical yeah. number that he's been tied to. 42 is the number that he's been wearing in LA. We'll figure out if he can, uh, if he'll tip his hand to us on which number he likes best. Now, 13. I'm just not ready for him to go to 13. No. I'm going to go on the record right now and say it. And it's not because of Robert Lung. It's not because of uh, Mike Camilleri. And it's also not because of John Zeiler. Okay. Uh, but we all know Kyle Clifford wore that number uh, from 2011 to 2020 in Los Angeles. You know, I know it's not Clifford's number, but but it sort of is Clifford's number. Yeah. I'm not ready yet. I get, no, I totally get it. Okay. I, I think I think Gabe spent some yeah, I don't know if you spent any time with him, but it, it, like the meaning that player had to the franchise, I don't think right now it's too soon. I think he's probably comfortable with 42 because he he had good luck with it. Well, he did. So let's hit the yeah. 42 number. You had Steve Richmond back in 1989 was the first guy ever to wear 42. That When I hear 42, the number that comes to mind for me is Miko Elaranta. There were a number of other players, though. You had Dominic Lavoie in there. You had Dan Balsma, uh, Miko Elaranta, Tim Gleason, of course. Uh, I really like Tim Gleason coming over from uh, Carolina. Yep. Uh, one of Dean's early pickups there uh and then you had tom pricing you also had uh and of course gabe velarde so those are the guys that have worn 42 uh 13 has had a memorable run in los angeles under clifford maybe velarde can give 42 a long and memorable run i think it's establish your own identity there you go you don't want to trade off a Cliffy's number. Uh, right? Well, we'll find out. We'll yeah. see what Gabe Velarde thinks. Uh, DB, any other breaking news in the first yes. period before we move on? Yeah, so a little bit of news items here. So number one, and he was on the show a little while ago. Um, 
I'm hearing Trevor Lewis is not coming back. Yeah. And they're not gonna they're not gonna sign him. So he's gonna go to free agency when the season ends in October. And for the people that think that Jonathan Quick might go to Seattle, no, it's not the plan. <laughs> and I will tell you this: they like that tandem and they like the depth of this organization so much that they will incentivize Seattle not to pick a goaltender. They'd be willing to give up one or two assets. Really? To yeah. That's, to, to keep this in place. That's some interesting the way they news. like it. So, and, and what does that mean? Does that mean this Cal is gonna is it gonna be forty forty split for the next couple of seasons? I'm not sure, but as I understand it, I would expect numerous phone calls between Ron Francis and Ron Lot Blake over the next twelve months. Interesting tidbit. All right, so there you go. A little Seattle expansion news. Yeah. Seattle Kraken DB, by the way. Uh, John, he, hey, <laughs> take a bow. Let's well, go. You know, I mean, I love all these jokers online that love to that love John. to attack the information that we present, and even the Seattle Twitter account. I remember back in the day. <laughs> John, what do we do? We save receipts. <laughs> yeah, of course, John, yes. you saved your receipts. Absolutely. So uh, for those Absolutely. that don't Absolutely take a freaking bow, John. For those that don't know, uh, went on NHL radio uh, back in January. January, right? And said that from what we heard from our sources, that was going to be the name of the team. It, and it spread like wildfire to the point, DB, you're right, that the Seattle team actually had to put a tweet out kind of saying that I think they referred to it as fishy rumors. Yeah. Uh, well, those rumors ended up playing out to be uh, true, in Amazing. fact. And yeah. that is the team, the Seattle Kraken. So what we really now are on standby waiting for is what's going on with the Palm Springs Firebirds, which was set to be their AHL yeah. affiliate. That building is on hold now. COVID sort of sure. throwing things into crisis. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go from an AHL perspective without having a building out there. So yeah. are they going to find a temporary home right. in Palm Springs? Weird. I don't know where that would be. Where would they be? Yeah, right? I don't know. Um, are they going to find a temporary home somewhere else? else? You know, who knows? Salt Lake City, somewhere else nearby. Could they play in Portland? Could they play in a building that no one's even thinking of? So, But they would need to have that team to support. To well, supply players next season. I, I don't right? know if they actually need to. Like Vegas doesn't officially really have. I mean, they have an AHL affiliation agreement with, with Chicago, Chicago right. with the Wolves. But um, you know, do you have enough players in year one to stock a full AHL team? It all just depends upon how many players you sign. You have the contract situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, contract yep. limits, right? So that's something to keep an eye on. A lot of draft picks which they would have. So it's not a mandatory, but mm-hmm. I mean, they would have to have an affiliation with somebody. They have to if, stock players somewhere. Right? Yeah, they have to put some players somewhere, even if they don't yeah, have. Maybe a just to extend the Chicago the thing until the period. Well, no, that's Vegas has uh, Chicago. We're talking about Seattle. Oh, it's Seattle, right? Yeah, right, so right. Seattle would need to have an affiliation, affiliation with, with somebody. somebody. And, and you could find you could find yeah, a team depending on the number of, of players that they have. So, sure. uh, look, enough about the future. Uh, well, I guess we could pivot off of that. Let's stay with the future. Let's bring in the future of the LA Kings, Gabe Velarde, after the break. Welcome back. Second period, Kings of the Podcast, and the LA Kings number one prospect. First trip into Kings of the Podcast, Gabe Velarde. What's happening? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me. And just uh, I have one here in Kingston and just uh, just chilling right now. Honestly, it's the weekend, so just relaxing. All right, so Gabe, we're going to knock two easy ones out of the park uh, right off the hop here. So we, we like to talk about nicknames on the show a lot. And uh, I had mentioned when we had Jared Anderson Dolan on uh, a, a number of months ago. God, it seems like that was ages ago, back when hockey was actually <laughs> being played and we were at TSC. But I mentioned your nickname Lardo to him, which he had not heard of before. So can you give any background story to uh, the nickname Lardo? So my first year in, uh, in junior, 
they they were trying to come up with a nickname and growing up my nickname was kind of just Gaber or, or Gaber. I didn't really have one. So they came up with Lardo because my last name Velarde. And apparently like two in tobacco in the States is called Lard or something. So they just came up with Lardo for me. I guess that was what they uh, they got and they kind of stuck. And then once I got to LA, um, first person to ask me was Muzz. Jake Muzz and not, uh, not Muzz, the development guy. But anyways, Muzz. And then after that, he just kept calling me Lardo. He loved it. So all the boys just uh, stuck with Lardo. I think Lardo is a better nickname than Gaber. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming when you're around the house, though, uh, the family's not calling you Lardo, right? They have any other funny nicknames for you growing up? No, not uh, the, the family. My brother called me Gabo growing up. All right. That would be the only uh, the only thing. If not, my mom, mom and dad are Gabriel, unless they're upset. Then it's uh, it's actually uh, Italian. It's, it's Gabrielli. See, there's like an eye at the end of this. Oh, that's when but he knows you're in when trouble. I, when, yeah, when I hear Gabriel Lee, I know I'm in trouble. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's how it goes. Well, we'll have to pass that on to Todd and see if he can scream that from one end of the bench at you or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other easy layup one to start here today is going to be with the number thing. So, you know, uh, numerology is a big thing in hockey. And uh, 13, 42, I know the numbers, uh, are not something necessarily when you're first breaking in that you get a lot of choice in, but, uh, as you get to that stage where you start to have a little more say in your number in Los Angeles, what number would you like to have? Um, I mean, I kind of like 42. I've always, I was always 13 and then obviously Clipsy and then coming in late this year, so sold time in Ontario, but I mean, 42 is, uh, is fine. And I mean, I still got to make the team next year. So, I mean, if I make the team, then uh, I'll uh, I'll make my mind up. I haven't really given it too much thought right now. So, uh, I still got to make the team first and then move forward. Maybe I'll, I'll think about it. But like I said, 42 is kind of, I think it's a cool number. I don't, I don't really know too many, too many big names or anything like that that have worn 42. So, I don't know. It'd be pretty cool. I guess I, th- I think he's making the team. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple on, on a limb. I'm gonna give you a couple nuggets of news here, Gabe. Uh, first off, I love the fact that you paid some some respect there to Kyle Clifford, and and it would be uh, it would be difficult uh, emotionally. Uh, I guess that might be the right word for, to see you in 13. So yeah, 42. Go with 42. But I want to I want to break some news for you. Yeah, you are making the team. I just I want to I want to let you know that in case no one's told you so far. I wouldn't be getting an apartment <laughs> in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, no. No. no leases yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. But I, but I, I do appreciate the, the modesty uh, at this level. So let, let's let's move on here a little bit. Um, from what I've gathered, and, and maybe I have some bad information here, but from from what I've gathered, the Kings did not really interview you prior to the draft. Now, I know that during scouting, they probably had a couple of conversations with you, but they didn't have the traditional combine deep dive. You know, where they ask you the weird questions, like if you had, you know, a gun, a knife, and some chewing gum, what would you do on an island or something? But did you ever get that that deep interview, or uh, is, my, is my story correct here that you didn't have that interview with the Kings? No, no, you're, you're right. I never talked to the Kings all year. Nothing like not even a single like questionnaire. Like you get like online questionnaires throughout the year from teams. Like I never got a single thing from uh, from the Kings. So nothing. <laughs> so so when <laughs> so when so there you're 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 watching along at the draft and you're you're watching teams pick and so when LA came then is it safe to say that you weren't even thinking that they were going to call your name because they had shown no interest I guess I mean you don't it's not like when you're sitting there and you're waiting you're not really thinking of like at least I wasn't I'm not thinking of the teams that interviewed me at the combine or throughout the year kind of thing I'm just kind of waiting to see like 
just waiting to see Gabe already pop up on the board kind of thing. So, <laughs> hey, um, that's me. <laughs> no, I did, yeah, no, I didn't really, uh, it didn't really cross my mind or anything. I was just waiting, and I was so happy when the Kings drafted me. And obviously, the Kings are like the best organization. I think just everyone there, like the development staff, is awesome. All NHL guys, like the amount of like experience they have within like the management the player development stuff the coaches it's just like no matter where you turn like you're seeing someone it's like holy shit like that day there's Jared Soul there's CJ and it's just like all these guys that play in the NHL and like won the cup and you just kind of want to be like them so it's uh it's pretty cool and they're all so nice and, and give you so many different advice so it's uh yeah it's been class since I've been with the Kings now, before we move along here too far, we'll talk about the Kings, we'll talk about Ontario, we'll talk about Stutz, and, and maybe a little bit more about Stoll and, and guys like that. But uh, we do have a clip that we want to play for you here real quickly. Yeah. See what you think about this. Hang on. And I advise to you hockey players out there that this is a great lunch just for a full meal. It's perfect. you got the steak, the meat, the broccoli, which is vegetables, the potatoes. It's a full meal. Eat well, train hard, smile with Gabriel Velarde and the Kingston Junior Frontnax. Thank you very much. Now, Gabe, that's a, a little bit of a blast from your past. <laughs> so, are you still quite the chef? I, I knew right away when you said you wanted to play a bit, but I knew right away that was coming. <laughs> so, that's funny, but... Uh, yeah, actually, like, that was for my uh, my dad's cousin. He came from, so my, my family's originally from Italy, obviously, so he came to visit us first summer in, uh, in Kingston here, and he's a big uh, a big trainer. He's got his own, like, website or whatever. So that was for him. And if you watch the video, it's just, I'm cooking a steak, but I'm still so young. I don't remember if I was, like, 10 or 11 or something, but I didn't, I still didn't under, completely understand the difference of, like, steak beef like chicken and and like all the different meats like pork and stuff so i go i go spin the chicken around like when i'm when i'm cooking i'm like flip the chicken over <laughs> i didn't even know that like there was a difference i just thought of meat as in meat so. right. but uh that's a good video to, to go back and watch sometimes it's pretty funny it, it's a great video and, and i also love broccoli because you know they're vegetables so you know thank you for pointing that yeah. out to let us know that was good that's good Eat, train, exactly, and smile. Yeah. It's the Gabe Velarde version of back in the day, Hulk Hogan. Uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and train. So for you, it's eat, train, and smile. I got it. I'm gonna. We're gonna get you some T-shirts made. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Uh, moving on to more present times. Uh, spending some time in Ontario. Coach Mike Stuthers, obviously, he's not with the organization anymore. But just uh, we we had him on the show recently. We've had some guys on that have talked about him. Just what can you say about Stutz and, and just your your brief relationship um, with him? And then I'll, I'll I'll come back and reference the conversation I had with them after your game in Baco. Yeah, Stutz was uh, was awesome. I think he's uh, he's he's straight to the point. Like if he like I had countless times where he called me in after the first period or second period and just straight up like you're playing like shit, like figure it out and just stuff like that. And I just when you have a coach, like that's the kind of coach that I want, kind of thing. Just uh, someone that's straight up with you. And uh, I'll tell you how it is kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, for me, I came in. I came in November, really. I haven't not played hockey for a year. And the, the amount of opportunities I got this year to kind of to get back into it, you know, on the power play and little stuff like that, that's, uh, I mean, you kind of take, take it for granted. But looking back, like, I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of him giving me so many opportunities to just work on my game and really develop this, this past year kind of thing. So he was uh, awesome and 
I mean, too bad he's uh, he's leaving, but I uh, wish him nothing but the best. And I already uh, gave him a text when uh, when I heard the news. So, but uh, yeah, he was he was awesome to me this year. Now, I haven't asked anybody this before, but I'll ask you: Do you find that Stutz is like two different people? That Stutz in real life and Stutz via text are are almost two different people? Yeah, 100%. I'm not sure if you heard that before, but Sasso text with like the emojis yeah. and be like super nice. And then, and then you'll text him and, and then you'll talk to him in person. It's just like, you're like, you're not like scared, but you're like, you're kind of frightened a little bit. Kind of a little thing. bit. <laughs> yeah. He's one step short of sending a little heart emoji with a miss you in his text messages, but you don't get yeah. the warm and fuzzy when you're, when you're in person. Uh, he's, he's a great guy though. Um, just talking yeah, about some exactly. of your talking about some of your teammates there in Ontario and, and, and what it was like trying to, like you said, coming in in November and trying to integrate into that team. Some of the guys that had been there for a while, um, just any, any sort of funny stories or, or any moments that sort of stand out, whether it was, you know, with, uh, with Kapari or with Clegg or any number of guys, actually. I mean, like first coming back, um, I mean, just off the top of my head, I remember the first coming back, it was like, uh, just watching video and just like, he had me like running the five on three. It's the first game in Tucson. He had me running the five on three, and there was like a there was like a play, and we were talking about it before the game, and it was me, Luffer, Luffer just had got sent down, and we, and we were like, because uh, the play was running like all through me, like I had to do a bunch of shit, and this was my first game back, and I was like already nervous as hell. You know, I haven't played a game in a year, so you can imagine how I'm feeling, and like the power play just running completely for me, and me, and I look at Luffer, and I go, holy shit, man. This guy, who this guy think I'm going to be tonight kind of thing because like the, the play was just like I had to do so much stuff on the power play and I'm like geez like I just want to get put in the slot or something for the first game let me get a couple touches maybe but uh, I don't know there's not, nothing else like that throughout the year obviously the guys are, are awesome and I mean slowly as I as I got uh, kind of integrated with the team again I got comfortable with like everybody like the Clag Clagger Kupari like you said all these uh, these young guys so it was uh I was pretty lucky, honestly, just to, to come in and, and be able to play play hockey again. So, one of the guys that you seemed to develop some some chemistry with early on, and, and we saw it build throughout the you know the the season, uh, wouldn't be really one of the younger guys per se. In Martin Furk, just is there any particular reason why you think that there there is that on ice chemistry between you and Furk? Um, well, I said it before too. People have asked me that a bunch of times. I say like on ice chemistry comes off the ice too. I think you, if you just like Ferky's a nice person, honestly. He's just really nice. He was he's friendly. I've always five questions like on the drill. Like even in practice, like I don't even like sometimes I don't even watch like stuff that's just him going through the him going through like the drills. They're just too confusing for me. So I'll just skate right up to Ferky and Ferky, what's going on? And he'll just tell me the got the whole drill kind of thing. And like he's just uh he's just a nice guy and then on the ice he's uh he's a smart player. He's got underrated passing. He he'll find me sometimes and I just like, Well, how'd you get that to me? And then obviously he's got a shot. So I mean, I know if I get him the puck and at the right time, uh, like in the slot, whether not even in the slot, he can score from anywhere. Literally, your shot so hard, he can score from anywhere. So I know if I get him the puck, kind of thing, and he's got a little bit of space uh, to release it. I know there's a good chance that it's going to go in, kind of thing. So he's uh, he's very easy to play with, and he's a nice guy too. So it, it helps, and we kind of got chemistry, like you said, going throughout the year because I played well with him so much. Yeah, so we penciled you in earlier to the Kings roster whenever the next season begins. Uh, I'm also going to pencil Martin Firkin uh, on your wing. So just, again, more breaking news for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Here's some information. I didn't just research on YouTube, um, but in talking to some people about you, from what I understand, you like a cold, as in very cold, cold, cold tub all the way up to your neck. What's the deal with the super cold tub sinking? Yeah, so uh, last year, one of the things that I learned is kind of when I wasn't playing hockey, I was trying to rehab and doing all this stuff. And I came across a guy named Wim Hof through my trainer. And you can look him up. He's, he's called Iceman. I've read a bunch of books about him. And it's just crazy, the, the stuff he, he does. But basically, like, I just hop in the, in the cold tub. Most guys, like, after practice, will hop in the cold tub. Their lower body, you know, just helps get rid of inflammation. But uh, I'll just go full body. Yeah. And just, like, it's almost like it just trains your mind almost. That's the way I kind of think of it. Just, like, you, you don't want to do it. Like, every inch of your body is telling you, like, get the hell out of the water kind of thing. And then you just kind of focus and you bear down and you just kind of tell yourself like, it's okay. Like kind of thing. So there's like a bunch of science behind it. But, uh, yeah, I basically just came across that last year, last year. And, uh, I love it. Honestly, it makes me feel like, like I'll get out of the tub and I feel like I can run through a wall. So I just feel like, all right, it's <laughs> have pretty you cool. So, uh, have you talked to any of the other guys into doing it? Yeah, me and Maddie, we do it uh, every morning. So first thing we do when we get to the rink in the morning is we go and we hop in the tub. And uh, a lot of the guys see us doing it. Like, the boys think we're freaks. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send Dewey. Like, I remember when I got called up and, and I was telling Dewey the stuff I was doing. And he's just like, oh, you're crazy, man. That's mess. But then, but then, like, a week later, he's like, yo, yo, send me some of the video." <laughs> because <laughs> like this guy has like a youtube channel so i'm sending him like clips on whim hop like breathing and, and all this different shit kind of thing so he thinks it's cool and i just think it's awesome so this guy's like he's like 65 and like, he just he does freakish stuff kind of thing so it's pretty cool gabe i got a big qu- picture question for you um kings now have the second overall pick it looks like they're gonna go to byfield um in that pick uh and they have other players who are center you know, like Turcotte, um, you were drafted as a center um, and you're draft eligible year. You played right wing. Um, if you push came to shove, do you care about playing center versus wing? Does it matter to you? Would you prefer, is your preference still to stay in the middle? I mean, uh, I've been playing center my whole life. So, I mean, I think that's where I'm most comfortable, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously like I can I want to be a guy that I want to be like a kind of like a Jeff Carter kind of thing where you okay. can, if Todd tells him to do something he's doing. If I have to play wing, I'll play wing. I mean, I obviously it's going to take some time for me to adjust, but uh, like you said, I did play play wing there my draft year. So, uh, I mean, it's something I've already thought about and something that uh, when I do get back to LA, I want to talk to CJ about just even when we're on the ice, I want to work on a lot of, uh, Winger drills, just picking up pucks off the wall and obviously watching clips on, on guys like Brownie, probably. Brownie's just uh, been playing wing his whole life, obviously, and he's one of the best. So, I mean, uh, like I said, it, ultimately, I'm more comfortable center, but mm-hmm. I can obviously uh, adjust and whatever Todd wants or wherever I am playing, then that, that doesn't really matter to me. I just want to play. Speaking of Todd, I mean, just it, obviously, you're one of the newer guys on the team, so you can't speak to it with the same you know level of depth that, like you said, Dowdy or Brown or, or even Carter could, but... Just talk about Todd and, and the influence that you've seen of just with him coming into the organization and the changes that he's made. And we've talked with guys about the vocabulary and the terms that he uses and things like that. And, and it's difficult enough for a young guy to break into the league as it is. But what type of uh, relationship have you been able to develop and what has he brought to the table for you personally? 
Um, I mean, for me, that's kind of tough because, like, I didn't really, even when I got there and even when I was in Ontario, I never talked to Todd, really. I never saw him. I never even, I never really talked to him until I got called up. And then, even then when I got called up, like, it just, like, a quick two-minute meeting and that was pretty much it. I mean, in terms of, like, the systems and what he's running, I think, just, uh, well, just looking at our last ten games, what, I think, what did we win? We won seven of them or, or eight or something? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they work. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough for me to say on his vocabulary and stuff like that, but from the time I was there, I mean, Todd's, uh, Todd's awesome, and he's kind of like, that's the same thing, he'll give it to you straight kind of thing. So, uh, but, uh, we, we were pretty high. Like, when, when I was playing there, we won uh, whatever game, eight or seven or eight games there. So uh, systems work, and we just got to kind of all get used to it, so. When, when you, I mean, in the moment, you you probably, of course, you're excited you scored your first NHL goal, but you're not really thinking back and really reflecting on it. But now that you've had a little bit of time, several months off uh, since the season has ended, when you just think back that first shift, that first goal, being in the NHL, was it really everything that you would ever hope for and more to just really be that, uh, you know, I don't know, that cherry on top of the Sunday, if you will, for especially considering everything that you went for? I mean, is it, uh, is it something you've had a chance to reflect back on at all yet, given these, these last couple of months of, of, of hibernation at home? Yeah, no, it's definitely something I reflected on. Just, just thinking back, like even like thinking back, it would happen in February a year, a year prior to my me scoring my first goal. I was at home doing nothing. I was doing rehab. I was grinding every day, just thinking like, geez, like this is a nightmare right now. And then goes to show just all the people that have helped me kind of get back to to where I am now and, and to that point. And then in terms of the goal itself, I don't really remember much of the goal, honestly. Like yeah, you just kind of black out. <laughs> you black out and then it's just just so, it like a big rush of emotions kind of thing. You don't really know how to describe it, but it was uh, it was honestly a great feeling. And, and scoring so early, just, it really helped me to get my confidence. I thought honestly, I just helped me just play better the, the rest of the game, obviously, because I scored the first shift. So it uh, takes some pressure off you. And, I mean, looking back on it, like, I didn't even – it wasn't a good shot or anything. It just went in kind of thing. So it was just almost like just – God kind of thing just helped me out a little bit. So it was pretty cool and uh, something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life for sure. You know, Gabe, that 10-game set, you're born and raised in Kingston. Was the Leafs game more special? You're stepping on the ice against Tavares and Marner and Matthews, hometown team. Was that a little bit more special than the other nine for you? Uh, not, not really, honestly. I mean, I wasn't a Leafs fan growing up. I was a Flyers fan. I liked, uh, oh, I liked like Daniel Breer. So, <laughs> you and John yeah. Hoven. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked, uh, I liked Danny Breer growing up. So okay. I, that's why I kind of watched him, him and Tart. But uh, no, I mean, all the games were just, uh, if any of them was like uh, the coolest was Vegas for sure. Like Vegas was just nasty. Like it's rocking in there kind of thing. <laughs> It was just so fun and just in, in warm ups, like they got like girls in bikinis behind like the glass. <laughs> it was just hilarious. We're there, we're shooting pucks, and I look over in the other corner and I see Dewey waving to the girls. <laughs> like, like this is hilarious. So I was like, yeah. that was that was a pretty cool experience. When I was in my first time in Vegas, so sure. it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Now, Gabe, we've talked uh, a little bit of hockey here, but let, let's get to the bottom of something here. What's the deal with you and your alleged tardy problem? I hear you're tardy to the rink quite often. What does tardy mean? Late. That you're not on time. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Who told you that, son? Some people. I have sources. Come on now. No, I'm not late to the rink. I'm just late for meetings and stuff. I'll just, okay. I'll just lose track of time. Like, I'll be in, like, the amount of times I was late for meetings and I got ripped by stuff so many times. <laughs> I had the one meeting. The one meeting, it was, it was uh, coming to the, into his office and on the board is written, Ontario Velarde, not Ontario Ray. <laughs> I was like, so I look at the board. I look at the board, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be an interesting meeting. And I've been, I've been late. I've been late to meeting twice that week. So, uh, and, I, and, it, and it's like I, I just lose track of time because I'll be in like the, the shooting range or whatever, just stick handling, or I'll be in the tubs or something. And I can't. I was like, oh shit, we got a meeting, or I didn't even hear about the meeting because I'm completely away from the group. So. Uh, that was one of the funniest meetings ever, though, because Seth comes in just like, what the hell is going on, Gabe? I'm only waiting for you. We're running on your time. Like, it's the Ontario rain, not the Ontario Velarde. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was uh, that was pretty funny, I thought. And then we had another one a couple weeks later because Maddie, Maddie Velalta just got called back up from uh, the coast. And so he would be joining me and my Cubs, and then he was late for the meeting. So then I got in trouble because he was becoming late, too. <laughs> and I was making him late. So. It's not a good start. I got double the shit kind of thing. Uh, you have, re- from what I've seen, uh, you've sort of reduced your social media footprint here uh, of uh, over the last year or so. Uh, young Arthur Kelly, I've had an interesting tweet a-, a week or so back. He was ready. He was pumped up for the Dodgers. So we need to know, welcome to Los Angeles. Are you, are you jumping on the Dodgers train? No, I'm still, uh, I mean, I'm more of a Blue Jays fan, honestly. Oh, I would always be a Blue Jays fan. Dewey. Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to Drew. He's been poisoning your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't switch the Jays. Only Canadian team. you got to stick with them. All right, fair enough. We'll, we'll give you a pass for right now, but we'll have to work on that. We'll have to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to sort of wrap it up, first of all, Gabe, thank you so much for your yeah, time. It's please. been it's been a great interview. Really appreciate it. But just uh, maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, do, do you have anything that you want to work on heading, you know, when to whenever the next season is? What are you doing over the summer? Just, uh, you know, keeping it light. What, what do you have coming up here? Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously for me, the biggest thing I need to work on is getting my, my lower body stronger. I need to get more explosive. I need to be able to uh, make those three strides a little bit faster. And I think another thing for me, like, I mean, the last three summers I've been rehabbing, so I haven't had a summer completely to train. It's been my first summer, so um, conditioning, that's uh, the big thing. I think the biggest jump, the biggest difference I made, uh, I felt that once I made the jump kind of thing from AHL to NHL was just how much faster it is. So, I mean, my conditioning was terrible kind of thing. I'd be I'd be lost after 15 seconds. So those are the two kind of things that I need to, to work on the most. And obviously I get a full summer here to train, so it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. So are you in touch with, with Stoll at all? Are you in touch with, with CJ? Like you mentioned, you would spend a lot of time, you know, with them. Or are you just talking to Matt Price? What are you, what are you, t- who are you talking with? Uh, I'm talking with uh, Pricer and, uh, and CJ. CJ's kind of, he runs my skates right now. I haven't, like the, the one sh- like shitty part of all of this, just in Kingston, there's no ice. So I really haven't been on the ice much. And uh, one thing that's kind of been uh, tricky. So I'm just, I just got uh, back on the ice the last two weeks here. Just started skating again and, to be honest, the body's been hurting five months off of skating. But, uh, yeah, CJ kind of runs my skates, and he'll tell me what to do. And then, obviously, Price is in touch with uh, with my trainer kind of thing, and they're working together to get me the best program. All right, Lardo. First trip into Kings of the Podcast. How was it? Was it okay? It was pretty good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
There you go. Gabe Velarde, the LA Kings number one prospect, according to the Mayor's Manor prospect rankings. We'll talk more about that and more about the interview after the break. The only rankings that really matter. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. dreams you have walking down railroad tracks, you and me. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Third period. We're back. DB, a fascinating interview there with Lardo. What'd you think? Surprising. Every time I've interviewed Gabe, he really has much to offer during the season. I'm like, okay. Wow, he opened up like a clam, John. Way to go, baby. It's all about the questions. Right? Yes, you have to is. ask the right questions. Yeah, and he was really forthcoming, pretty transparent about, you know, where he wants to play and, you know, his numbers and stuff like that. And certainly his experience in Vegas, I think, was a, <laughs> a big takeaway for both of us. And, you know, funny thing, John, it's the only road game of the 10 he played. He played in 10 games for L.A., and that was in the midst of their their long home stands. And so this oh, the only Oh, the part road- where they played 29 home games in 25 days? <laughs> exactly. Yes, I, I, re- I remember that stretch yeah, of the season. Yeah, you remember season. that stretch. And so that was the only, uh, road game he played was in Vegas. And it's a nice way to, to go in. I, I will tell you, it's not that ex- that experience is not going to experience in other cities around the league. Uh, you care to elaborate on any of uh, what those cities are that you might be thinking of? <laughs> or you yeah, just going to move on? Anybody in Alberta, the Alberta experience, Edmonton, okay. Calgary. Nice, right. great people, nice hockey people, but no, it's not. The, but the hockey there. experience, uh, solid. The, the, the building experience, I, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, generations of fans of buildings. But no girls in bikinis to the class. No. Uh, not in Winnipeg. That's that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the warmest it ever gets in Winnipeg is probably about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Right? Has, has it ever cracked 70 or no, 80 degrees does, in the, Winnipeg? I heard the mosquitoes are gigantic in Winnipeg. Because you and I are both on with uh, Kevin O on uh, TSN He's Winnipeg. He's great. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and then supposedly the... the, uh, the the mosquitoes there are massive, so that's the one thing. But I still have not been to that city. I do want to go oh, there. The thing that always stands out to me about Winnipeg is is the number of people that stand outside in the freezing cold eating ice cream and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and that's literally all you see. Like, if you go to a Buffalo yeah. Bills game, right, in Buffalo, all you yeah. see is everybody outside barbecuing, their faces right. are painted, and they're sure. jumping off flaming tables and doing yeah, all right. sorts of stuff there. The Bills <laughs> Mafia, right? Right. You go to Winnipeg, and it's just thousands ice of people standing cigarettes. outside eating ice cream and smoking cigarettes, and that's all Amazing. they do. It is, it is a no, different No, I definitely experience. have to go. You do. And stop by uh, Grapes Restaurant. There's a chain of restaurants there. Don oh, Cherry's. Uh, oh, no, really? Yeah, I don't know if they're still open or not, but they were a number of they years ago when I was there. Yeah, so who knows you'll have to look that days. up. Hit your hit your uh, trip advisor or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, trip advisor, exactly. <laughs> I don't, is that still around? Yeah, it's still around. It's, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Kayak, I don't know what I don't for, know. but it is. <laughs> Today's I'm, not asking, show. <laughs> I'm not asking Twitter people for help. Today's though. show is brought to you by Expedia, where you can book all of your... Is Expedia still around? I don't even know. I guess. Okay, moving on. Back to Gabe, um, I thought he, I thought some of those answers were great. You know, a uh, little reflection there on his time with Stuthers. Yeah. The uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that the Ontario Velardis are, are a thing of the past. Yeah. Gabe is, although he doesn't know, but Gabe is a member of the Los Angeles yeah, Kings moving forward. It's short money on that. that that's a minus 800 or minus 1200 bet there. Sure. You know, I think that uh, having a healthy Gabe Velarde really is a game changer for the LA Kings organization. Uh, the prospect pool is deep. We've talked yeah. about that a number of times. They they ha- they are set down the middle, as we yeah. talked about during the the the, uh, the interview there with Gabe. And there's some guys that are going to have to move to wing. But a healthy Gabe Velarde, a guy who's picked near the top of the first round of the yeah. draft, 
that is one of the picks that you have to hit on. Yes, and for agreed. this team to be successful going forward, having him producing. And I can just tell you, as somebody who's watched his time here in Southern California, I was around when he first came to the Ontario Reign. Then he went to Team Canada camp two years ago, had to shut it down, then came back. It was a different player who came back this year. And you could in what just, way, John? You well, say? you could just see that the stress uh, of the situation, the weight of the world was not there like it was the year prior. Okay. And the work that he put in with Jared Stoll, yeah, for those that don't know, he couldn't... He came in after training camp was over, after the season had already started. So mm-hmm. the rain were now playing, the Kings were now playing, and then he spent about a month uh, working with Jared Stoll, working with Craig Johnson, who we talked quite a bit sure. about there, and some of the other Kings training staff and the development staff and whatnot. But every day he was working extensively with those two guys to get himself in game shape. So it kind of was like a, a Velarde training camp, if right. you will, Got a, a player-specific training one-on-one. camp yeah, yep. to get him ready. And then he came back. He started out in Ontario. He played some games up in Bakersfield. We were up there. He played some games in Tucson. I know you haven't made it out to Ontario, but he <laughs> did play some games there as well. And you could see Gabe... Every game, when you watched him, almost period to period, you could see him improving. You could see him becoming more comfortable. Yep, you could see it coming. And after about that maybe six or eight game mark, at least that's the way that I remember it, you really saw him turn the corner. And maybe it's that on-ice chemistry that he was talking about with with, uh, Firk, Firk. which which was developed off-ice, of course. But you could just see him clicking a little bit more. Stutz from game one didn't really have any doubts about him. He was throwing him out there in all situations. Well, I mean, he's such an offensively gifted player. Why would you try to limit his minutes, even though he might not be in full game shape put him out there put him on like he talked about put him on the power play put him on the five on three like you know really threw him into the deep end and uh this is a guy who who you know we talk about arthur kaliev and what he's been doing just lighting up the ontario league the ohl over the the last couple seasons gabe velarde was that guy previously who was just eating everybody's lunch in the ohl and you know playing for kingston what, what a great story there um so excited to see that gabe is healthy can't wait to see what a full summer of training would, would do for him. And he has a plan, John. I think that's great. When you asked him about that, what he needs to improve on, he knows. He knows what he needs to work on. And the rap on him was always the skating, so he knows that he's got to work on that. And if he if he works on that and that festival the game improves, look out. Lights out. Like, that's... Then, maybe it's bifold. Maybe Gabe is the, is the you know, uh, the, the guy that takes hold of the 1C once Kopitar steps back. Well, it'll be very interesting indeed. Uh, another great episode, DB. Look forward to more. Maybe we'll have another episode in the coming days, Maybe. DB. You we never might. know with us. You just never know. You know what, John? What do they say? When they, when they think they know the answers, we change the questions. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check out the archives if you're looking for something to do. A full season of Kings of the Podcast is available for you. We'll talk to you soon. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space 
with Lux Hotel Collection betting now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.